0: everybody and welcome to First in Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Friday, May the 13th. You heard it right. Friday the 13th. We're in the studio. We've made it through a day full of fuckery. And we are here to do the damn thing with y'all. Now today, as always, is joining me, my co-host, the one, the only. Big Rob, how the hell's the day treating you, bro?
1: What's going on, everybody? Happy Jason Voorhees Day to you. It has been a hell of a day, hasn't it? Oh, fuck off.
0: <laughs> it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one. But you know what? The drinks are always good. Days like today, all it does is it makes the drinks all that sweeter.
1: There you go, man.
0: Drink it till you don't fill it no more. Hey, man. <laughs> it's always, I used to work with this guy back in the day, and he always told me, it would be out there 100 degrees weather You're sweating your ass off Struggling man Struggling out there Doing a well job He said You know what this does man? I said what? He said it makes the beer that much sweeter I said shit He said hell yeah He said ain't nothing like it on a ride home And I sat there for him I said hold up wait On a ride home? <laughs> but hey it'd be like that sometimes I
1: reckon It'd be like that sometimes Especially those kind of days
0: yeah, Absolutely my man Absolutely But Anyways, we've made it through it, got the cold drink right here in my hand, and tonight we got some news we're going to talk about first, but we have finally decided we're going to dig into these spring games and give y'all the video, the tape, footage that we promised. We did our video reviews, looked over, studied the film, gathered what we could, and we're going to kick it off tonight with the Virginia Cavaliers.
1: The who's down there in Whoville?
0: Yes sir, Tony Elliott
1: man I don't know I don't know what I'm watching here we'll we'll dip into that in just a moment but I want to take the time we didn't dress this last week but I want to wish my buddy here now I was here for the actual day but those of uh, those of you that didn't join us for that day we just want to wish my co-host here mr. Ben a very happy belated birthday
0: I appreciate it I appreciate it another another year down another year older maybe we'll get wiser one of these days
1: another year older and deeper in debt
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't say that no, Don't say that We're trying to go the other way We're trying to go the other way uh, hey, bro. Let's dig into some football, news, shall we? Absolutely, man Absolutely. Let's kick it off with a uh, Talk a little tampering, man
1: Yeah, man, I, I saw That uh, that quote I haven't actually seen the interview yet But I saw the quote from Shane Beamer Talking about old Dak Joyner After that uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl He had teams all over him trying to, you know, convince him and to transfer it over to play quarterback for him.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny because Deion Sanders has been mentioning NIL and all that, and then here comes Shane Beamer out the woodboard. They're asking about the tampering, what's his thoughts on it, has he seen any of it, and he didn't hold back none. He said, yeah, we've seen it. He said, heck, he said, DK, man, he said, he went out there in that bowl game and played extremely well like he did. He said, and all of a sudden, he said, Every college in the area, he said, is calling him, wanting him to come and play quarterback for them. He said, we're just beyond proud and thankful that he's chose to stay with South Carolina. And my hat's off to him. Yeah. Because, I mean, the young man wants to play quarterback. You know he does. But he truly does bleed garnet and black.
1: He really does, man. He really does. <coughs> the thing that scares me most about Dak, man, is where he's going to fall into depth. Like, you bring in Spencer Rattler. But you also bringing these transfer wide receivers, man, that just look like nothing but an upside, and you just wonder where he's going to fall on the depth chart. What actually made him stick?
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and it just—I gotta tell you, man—they don't—they don't make them like that anymore in a day of where the transfer portal has become free agency. I mean, every time you turn around, you see all these guys transferring. I mean. Looking for opportunities, and then you got this one young man who finally feels like he got his shot at what he originally came to school for. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, South Carolina found ways to get him on the field as a receiver and whatnot. But he,
1: what the hell? But, sorry about that. <laughs> a little technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Our apologies. It just happens sometimes. It happens, <laughs> damn it. But
0: um, anyways. They found ways to get him onto the field throughout the years as a receiver. And done the past couple years, found ways to get the ball in his hands. But he finally was given really that shot where they said, you know what? Here's the keys to the car. You drive it. Yep. And I mean, he really took advantage of that opportunity back then. I mean, he showed up, showed out, and has all these opportunities, all these offers from other schools. And you know, Spencer Rattler's coming, so you know he's. You know who the starter's going to
1: be. Yeah, yeah. you already know who the starter's are going to be as far as the quarterback goes. The only question is, you know, who's going to be that number two? And if if they're really going to have a package for DK, like they were talking about, to be able to come in and play some quarterback.
0: I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch up. I feel like um, with him coming in there, or excuse me, with him being there, with all these other schools coming in and throwing out offers, and him choosing to stay there, and you look at all these receivers they've had come in. I feel like there's almost a guarantee we're going to be seeing him a quarterback this year with some packages.
1: I would, I really hope so. I really hope so. I mean, don't get me wrong, Spencer. I think is going to be a hell of a quarterback, man. But what a one-two combination that would be. I mean, both are real mobile, but I, I believe DK is a little bit quicker. But the thing with DK, man, is he's got a hell of an arm, too. You you can't really key on just the run with
0: DK. Exactly. I mean, everybody talked about how he didn't have an arm in the North Carolina. He showcased. I mean, he's, the arm is there. I don't give a damn what anybody says. The arm was there when he played against Georgia, too. Exactly. The arm's there. The accuracy is very accurate. hmm But the mobility-wise... Rattler's mobile, but I've noticed with Jordan, you see a lot more of an elusive, shifty, kind of like a Lamar Jackson-style yeah. quarterback, if you will. I mean, it could be very interesting. It could be a very huge weapon. South Carolina's just, they got a lot. It is a very interesting team, man.
1: This is going to be a very, very interesting year. We have answers to a lot of questions, but still there's a lot of question marks remaining with South Carolina, but... We're not here to talk South Carolina today, ladies and gentlemen. No,
0: we're not. We're not. I mean, we just talked on tamper with him and had to get in depth on that a little bit. But uh, another issue also in the news is Dion Sanders. We thought he vented a little bit a week ago, and we figured, well, he got that off his chest. He was done. But he is continuing to voice his opinion and let his voice be heard in the world on how he feels about NIL and tampering and everything else. I'm going to tell you what, man. He's making a lot of good points.
1: He really is, man. I mean, when you first watch it, it makes you say, "What the hell, man?" It's like the pot the kettle black. But if you listen to actually what Dion says, like you know, like you said, man, it's it's just a lot of valid points, man. He's, you know, you know, he's very smart about what he's saying with this nil stuff.
0: He really is. It's really, and it's coming from a very smart standpoint. It's not. Due to lack of research, I mean, he's making a lot of great points. and It's like you said, it's getting to the point now with the money, the tampering, everything that's going on. If the NCAA does not do something quick, fast, and in a hurry, they're going to lose this thing. It's going to outgrow the NCAA, and eventually the NCAA is basically going to go away. Well, it's going to be a more of a semi-professional
1: football. League. That's what I was just about to say, man. It is trending more towards semi-pro football than what it is collegiate. I mean, why the hell are you going to stay and get a damn scholarship whenever you're making tens of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, just to stay for two or three years and then go on to the NFL to make more money?
0: I about to say, I mean, you got hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket in college.
1: Hell, there's even some kids that may be making more money in college than what they would be their rookie season due to the rookie contracts.
0: Well, you notice he's, uh, this year in the draft, the rookie contracts were – Enormous,
1: yeah,
0: it's causing the NFL to go outside, also. My thing is,
1: how the hell, where the hell is all this money coming from? I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's like Sports Illustrated had a little article on it last week, I've read a little bit on it. But you've got these billionaires that are coming out of the woodwork that were, you know, let's be real, they were probably slipping money to the kids up underneath the table before in the McDonald's bags and whatnot. But now that it's all legal, they can pay these kids to do one interview, pay them $2 million just to do one interview, and they're set. Oh, yeah. And then you've got programs like South Carolina, just for example, that have, you know, foundations set up where people are actually donating money into the foundation that's paying the kids. So I mean, it's they've got it really set up smart wise as far as how to get around paying the kids, but there's gonna have to be some sort of policing out there for it. It really is gonna have to be.
0: There really is. I mean, we keep beating on the drum talking about. But I mean, the behavior issues are gonna get worse and worse. And I'm just waiting. I mean, you're gonna have players making more money than coaches. Yeah. I mean, there already is a few yeah. he's making more money in coaches. And how the hell are you going to get a kid to respect you and listen to you when well, he's making more money than you are?
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, look at some of the NFL coaches that have come and gone. Urban Meyer, for example, he had—he's a good college coach because he doesn't have to compete with the billionaire snot-nosed brat. That would be in the NFL, but now that day's coming to the end.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, and I kind of wonder. I feel like we've seen a little bit of it last year. It's going to get worse and worse this year. I mean, you are seeing the issues in Georgia. You've seen the issues in jo- Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young's not looking there as good as he was.
1: You know something's going to pop off in Miami. Just give it a minute.
0: Yeah, my. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to say it. I like Miami. Miami's a bit of a time bomb, but that kind of...
1: I mean, nothing not against the Miami program, but South Beach. That's all you got to say. Two words, South Beach.
0: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. But enough with all that. I'm going to take me a and uh, this drink and uh, we get, just go ahead
1: and jump on in and discuss
0: this Virginia Cavalier team, eh, brother?
1: Yes, sir. Let's talk a little Virginia Cavaliers. Cheers up. All right, all right, all right. First thing I want to discuss above anything else with this Virginia football program in the spring game the atmosphere at Virginia. Hold on, hold on.
0: Before we discuss that, we got to mention they have a new head coach in town.
1: Yep, 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 yep. New head coach, Tony Elliott, comes in Fucking hell Yep (laughs) Tony Elliott comes in His first game As a head coach He was excited He was excited But before we even get into Talking about that in the beginning The atmosphere around the game The people that came and saw Man, what was your take on that?
0: I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of on-field activity going on to start with, and it looked really good and really exciting. At first I said, man, not bad. Looking a little sparky or a little chippy. Everybody's ready pumped up ready for some football. And then it's like as soon as kickoff, you get the fans in the stands, and first of all, the stadium to me did not look it looked like it had a very small crowd on hand to me. Not trying. Not trying to knock. No, buddy, I'm not degrading it. not I'm saying I was a little concerned with the crowd. When you look at, say, Virginia Tech's crowd they had down the road, you look at Georgia's crowd, you look at Florida's crowd, um, hell, Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. You look at the crowds in some of these different games, man. And it just it didn't fill the stadium like I would have hoped.
1: To me, the atmosphere at Virginia just did not – say to me that the fans as a whole are about it well I
0: mean you had a very successful coach who left and I mean the simple truth is it's kind of like a bad breakup I mean he left him at the altar if you will yeah been making a lot of progress team's been coming on strong and then he just he did down I mean it's for personal reasons we understand that completely I respect the man yeah but it's hard, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow, losing a great coach like that, and then you have another one come in, and you're sitting there saying, we didn't ask for this. Mm-mm. And I feel like that's a little bit of a vibe the fan base has as a whole, well, we didn't ask for
1: this. As a fan base, man, it just seems to me like they're hopeful. You know, they have every right to be hopeful. But there's a difference between going, you know, winning only one or two games and then having another coach come in as to winning five or six games, getting bowl eligible, and then the coach leaving. So at this point, it's like the fans don't really know why. They don't know what to expect. It's like, you know, they were they were real high once Bronco was there last year, and now that he's left, it's almost like it's a it's a little bit of a Deflation, a deflation—a hangover sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I can see that, and I mean it might take a little time, which I will give Tony Elliott credit there. I mean he was very upbeat, he was energetic, so that's a little refreshing to see in a way. I mean that's the plus, but um, one thing I didn't like though, <laughs> and he said it numerous times. I was like, at least it, twice He didn't mean nothing by it, but it's a red flag. It was, though. it was a
1: very bad choice Voice of words. It is a red flag
0: to me. It is numerous times throughout the game, stating, uh, yeah, this is really, it just sunk into me that I'm the head coach of this team. He said, this is where I really just now am realizing and letting it sink in that I'm the head coach of this team. You find that a little disturbing because, like, man, you've been here for months and months and months. Yeah, since December. I, I figured uh, it would, you'd feel like the head coach when you're signing recruits, when you're meeting this team, when you're organizing your
1: staff. I'd feel like you would feel like you're the head coach as soon as you sign that contract. You go to sit down at your desk and put your nameplate on your desk. Yeah, (laughs)
0: I think where it was thinking for me is that first practice. When you sign a recruit, like, okay, you're doing recruiting. But when you walk out and feel that first practice, and that is, you are the general. That is, those are your troops. You are preparing them for battle. You are training them, Mm -hmm. getting the best of the best out of them. They have to answer to you. Every coach has to answer to you.
1: Yeah, but then again, I mean, I mean, I can almost understand what he's saying as far as being hyped up for the spring game alone, but like you said, man, just a poor choice of words there, it, it, it kind of raised a red flag for me and it, was, it was a little worrisome for me, but also, he also said something else in the opening interview that was a little bit of a flag to me, talking about a chance to show the new Virginia what was wrong with the old Virginia?
0: Yeah, that's something. Also, I was going to get into that, talking about the players, the difference in the first half and the second half. and His whole slogan is, some schools do need a culture rebuilt. We're talking about, yeah, we're going to come here, and we're going to fix this culture, and we're going to show everybody the new Virginia. And we're going to drill this culture in these players' heads and get everybody bought into this new culture, just going on and on and on. I'm talking about... We're gonna show everybody the new Virginia and the the winning Virginia, and I'm like Y'all been winning. Yeah. What what what's new? Y'all been Y'all have progressed very well the last several years. Brendan Armstrong Brendan Armstrong was arguably top two, top three quarterback in the nation last year. Set records last year. Mm-hmm. The NFL Hall of Famer set. Yeah. I mean the team, oh, go ahead.
1: And you're and you're bringing back two top tier wide receivers on top of having Brennan Armstrong in that was there last year. So, what about this? Tell me more about this new Virginia. You know,
0: exactly. I just it sounded very scripted. It sounded very, just very scripted to me. It was wrote down on a piece of paper what was actually what you're actually feeling. Because the yeah. thing is this Team's winning. You got a good running car, it's not a Corvette,
1: not by any means.
0: It's not a Corvette, but you got a good, reliable car right now. You can get in, you can crank up, you can drive it down the road. Yeah, you, you got it. You got, got, got
1: your Honda Civic.
0: No, no, we ain't saying a Honda Civic. This, thing, <laughs> this thing's better than a Honda Civic. We'll go with the um, hmm, you got you a 19, 1980 Camaro. Okay. Seventy nine Camaro.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Not the. You point. got it's it's running right now. It's not full hot rod stash but right. you, you might have to do a little tweak in here, a little tweak in there, put a little paint job on it, get the carburetor smoothed out, just tweak a few things, and okay. it's it's gonna be hundred percent ready to go. But right now it it'll run, but it's yeah. not doing quite what you want to do yet. Timing so just a little bit off on. That's right. That's right. And. He's acting like you got a damn gremlin. <laughs> I mean, and I feel like that kind of rubs the players the wrong way a little bit. It's a little bit of a slap in the face to the previous players and the previous coach. Yeah, a little bit of an insult.
1: Yeah. And by no means was Bronco fired. He just left for personal reasons.
0: Exactly. Hell, he just signed the extension, I think, the year before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... It just it comes off very rough. Comes off kind of fake. You you don't have to come in here and be a savior. They didn't hire they didn't hire you to be a savior. They brought you in to pick up where the last man left off. Hey, here you go. Here's your opportunity to be a head coach. We're already set and you can try to take us to maybe that next level. Yeah. But he's acting like he came in to damn Vanderbilt or Duke yeah. or something. that I mean,
1: yeah, it's it's like he's took over, like you said, that you know that new car or the old car '79, but overhauled the engine, redid the drivetrain, and that's just not cool.
0: No, I just I, I don't support it. At the same time, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. knock him for it because he could have just been extremely excited, and it, like, once again, it could be a very Terrible play of words Right But My biggest thing is I listen to what the head coaches say I look at the assistants I look at the crowds And then I let the football On the field speak to me And unfortunately <laughs> The football On the field The first half Was speaking a little different language I wasn't
1: understanding all of it <laughs> it's, that first half, oh my gosh.
0: It it looked like a regress. Let's just call it what it is. Let's be honest about it. It looked.
1: Well, the thing that bothered me the most, the first half, is your quarterback was taking snaps for both teams. He really didn't have a chance to take much of a break.
0: No, he was on the field the whole time.
1: And if he didn't throw 60 passes, he didn't throw a one.
0: He threw, I think he attempted 41 or 42 passes. That yeah, seemed like more than that to me. In the first half of the football game. But that's in one half 41, 42 passes. Yeah, 30 minutes. That's rough. That's that's a lot on a yeah. shoulder. Well,
1: let's just think about it 30 minutes of football, 40 some passes. That's a pass and a half almost a minute.
0: Uh, You're getting hurry up offense. So that's more than that. Yeah. But. I didn't really like that a lot. I think it – what made no sense to me about that, that the more quarterbacks on the field, the more of a rhythm they get in. They get in a groove. And to me, they never found that groove in the first half. The offense just looked –
1: it struggled. Well, you had your offensive line whose footwork needs a lot of work. Hands need a lot of work. Lining up almost in a V formation instead of right on the line. Your running backs just didn't really look like they were really reading the holes too well.
0: The vision didn't look good, but also you talked about the hands and the footwork. The biggest thing with the line that bothered me more than anything. I
1: don't know if it was drawn
0: up this way or what, but there was a ton of confusion, which I think they
1: said they had seven offensive linemen out.
0: And wasn't that what, no, they said seven?
1: Seven offensive linemen out. Well, they only had seven to work with in the game is what they said.
0: Okay. Well, damn, if all they have a seven, then ain't no telling how many is hurt. Yep. But at the same time, they didn't just get hurt the day before. These teams has been practicing. What bothered me, though, is just blatant missed blocks. Yep. You got your backside guard pulling. You got a middle linebacker straight up blitzing through that gap. Crosses the face of the guard, and the guard runs around him and continues on his way to the defensive end. Linebacker just flies through, takes out the running back. When you're a pulling guard on the backside, you're pulling playside, all right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you get to that gap that they're trapping, that man crosses your face. If that linebacker's coming through there, blitz him. You got to pick that man up, and that's not nothing complicated. I mean, that's, you're taught that's that from a very young basics, age. Basics, man, basics. That's what they're teaching in middle school ball. And, I mean, there's combo blocks where the guard and tackle are going, the tackle should shake off to the play side of the linebacker, pick him up. You got your guard pulling from the backside. Mm-hmm. There's times where the guard picked up the block and then the tackle gets off the block on the guard and just runs straight past one linebacker and goes to the back side.
1: Yeah. No, that, that wasn't even a chip. He, he just – basically he runs from the line, goes to the back side. Linebacker.
0: And they, they, they combo now. And when I say combo, right, he's going off to the outside shoulder of the defensive tackle. Guard's going head up. He's going to the outside shoulder of the defensive tackle. And they're supposed to go back and he's supposed to peel off to the playside backer. Mm-hmm. Then when your backside guard pulls through on the defensive end, there's your hole. Mm-hmm. You got a wall of butts. Yeah. That's what we like to call it. A wall of butts yep. to run off of. You do it right. You got a good six, seven-yard play. Normally it's it gonna leave you with a safety, or you might have an outside backer, but not only your outside backer is so far out in the play that he's going to have a hard time biting back inside, especially with that defensive end getting picked up by the guard.
1: Yeah. And the sea of bodies, it's its really hard for him to, you know, get around that sea
0: of bodies. That's right. And I mean, they're about
1: four or five yards
0: down the field. Well, that never they were going off of a dang five wide receiver set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, when you got five wide receivers, the outside backer is going to be split out wide mm-hmm. receiver. He's so far out, it's going to be hard for him to get to that play. If you do this blocking for, right, this blocking scheme right, you have a good play every time. Right. But if you combo off and you go to the backside backer, you leave playside backer right there in in the gap. The guard doesn't pick him up. That's a linebacker's dream. He's going to eat that up all day long, every day. And, I mean, those linebackers had a field day that first half. They really did. Another issue with the offensive line. I can't – I just want to beat my head on this damn table talking about (laughs) it because this drives – this will drive me insane more than anything. Watching any player doing this. It drives me insane as offensive linemen. One thing you don't ever do, especially in the college level. Since when do you fire off the ball and stand straight up? Yeah. The low man always wins. That is once again, that's basics. That's that's taught to you in peewee ball. Low man always wins every time. And O-line was just standing straight up, trying to chest bump. And I mean, D-line's fired off low, and they were beating them. Offensive line, I'm not going to keep going to death. I'm just going to put it like this. Offensive line, you got your ass handed to you. You got your ass kicked. You really did. That was not a battle in the trenches, ladies and gentlemen. That was an ass kicking. Yep. That's the only way to put it.
1: Yep. Now, not the whole first half was – I mean, the majority of it really was an eyesore. But there was a couple of bright spots in there, too. There were some. There were a few.
0: Brendan Althron did make some throws, had some bad throws. But he also made a few throws where he said, okay, there's there's that future All-American right there. There's that great quarterback right there.
1: And I'm telling you what, watch out for Grant Mish, your tight end out there. He is going to be a weapon and a half.
0: Oh, Absolutely. He looked really good out there. Kind of gave me a Rob Gronkowski kind of vibe. The way he's built, the way he moves, very similar. A Hayden Hurst sort of vibe to me. The way he's built, though, built very similar to a Gronkowski to me. Had that speed, more speed like a Gronkowski than a Hurst.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Hurst had a little bit of speed, but he was more so muscle, strength.
1: Yeah. But. but I'm telling you, man, he he was a a bad man out there. And I never got his name, but his number was forty four.
0: The other tight end. The
1: other tight end, man. He he was doing he was doing work out there too. There was one play where he almost hurtled the man.
0: Yeah, he's got to be careful of that because you can almost hurtle him. Man. But I'll tell you what, you can almost get your neck broke doing that too. But um, it's just it's i seen those bright spots I noticed they also did fairly well In the blocking game So I like that um, Your running back Number 9 I did not get his name He Showed great potential As a power back Did pretty good as a blocking back But he really really struggled With reading holes So that kind of bugged me a little bit He's got potential. I think he'd be a great short yard situation back, great goal line back. But to me, mostly, the very end of the second quarter, they marched down the field, started moving the ball a little bit. But to cap off this whole second half, or the first half, second quarter, cap it off, what really pissed me off more than anything, though, is you're in a spring game. Right. A spring game is all about improvement. It's about getting as many reps as we can. We got to get better. We got to fix our issues. Doing as much as you can. Practice makes perfect. Right. How the hell in the spring game are you going to take a snap and just run the clock off? Go to halftime.
1: Right, right. I mean, you would think that you'd want to try to get as many yards as you can. Throw a bomb down the field. Or just something to show, you know, your two minute play to try to score. Say you're down. At that point in time I think Watt was down three three to nothing. Maybe ten to nothing at that point.
0: I think it was ten to nothing.
1: But, you know, at the same time, man, you you got to try to get the ball down the field in that sort of situation, in my personal opinion. It just it comes off
0: to me like a team that feels like it's been beat by itself pretty much. Like, okay, we've we've screwed up enough, let's go to halftime. We got to regroup.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. The thing that sums it up to me, that first half, that field goal kicker, man. (laughs) What
0: the hell? He had a bad day. Give the man a break, Rob. He had a bad day. (laughs) A 30-yard field goal he missed. Adam Vinatieri missed a 28-yarder in Super Bowl four. But then he doinks an extra point. Okay, and <laughs> I've seen Ryan Suckup from Carolina miss that points. I mean, it happens but, I mean Have you ever had a bad day? Off day? Well, yeah Okay then no. <laughs> Then we can't, no Listen, listen, there's enough shit going on here Excuse my language Let me just take a deep breath here.
1: Have, read,
0: a, little, have, a, look, have a little sip of the drink
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's starting to wear out, bro
0: All right. Hell, there's enough shit here, okay, that's wrong with this program. The kicker's the last fucking problem we got to worry about. You understand me? He's the last thing on. You worry about field goals. I'm worried about getting in field goal range. (laughs) I mean, you you got a great quarterback.
1: You worry about wearing. I'm worried about his back getting thrown out from trying to carry this shit. Like, Bo. Bo. Oh, well, I mean, you want to talk about a bat getting thrown out, what about a leg getting thrown out with all the freaking punts they had in the first half?
0: The first half was just, ooh, I'm telling y'all, it was rough, but, (laughs) but, I'm going to take a deep breath. (laughs) We're going to go, we're going to get back to talking me, talking to you, me and you here, (laughs) work with me, all right, guys, be patient, just work with me here, all right? But there is a rainbow on the other side. We're not talking about rainbows. We're talking football. (laughs) Enough with your lucky charms. (laughs) Then the second half started, and I literally – I'm going to tell you why I wrote my notes (laughs) after the first half. Blue O-line needs to show major improvement. White O-line, also looking rough, needs to show major improvement. What the fuck am I watching What is this? What the hell happened? Did they lose their playbook and nobody can find it? What's going on here? Tony Elliott has a nice fastball. That's the best clip I've seen so far in a spring game. That has nothing to do with football. What the hell is going on? I don't understand. That, That sums up my first half. And then the second half took off. I was on the verge of cutting the game off, not watching no more. Just saying to hell with it, going to bed. Piss on it. But the second half started, and I'm glad I stuck around. Because I don't know, and this could be a sign of a good head coach. I thought about this. This could be a sign of a good head coach. Because they went in the locker room, and I don't know what they did. The backup quarterbacks came on the field to give Armstrong a rest because he played the whole first half. so he's out second half. But they brought out a running back named Paris Jones, number two. And I don't know what happened, but the offensive line started blocking. And you got Desk Kitchens on that staff. If anybody can get the best out of a running back it's Desk Kitchens. And I'll tell you right now, Paris Jones and Desk Kitchens is going to be good friends. They're going to be real good friends. Real, real good friends. Virginia, you got yourself a hell of a runner back.
1: You really do, man. You really do. I mean, that freaking run, first play of the second half for 75, 75 yards.
0: yards. Both. That was impressive. But how many other ones did he break? 20 yards here, 15 yards there. Another 15 yards, another 30 yards. I, I mean, mean,
1: Then he got hit at the line and drug out three or four yards
0: when the other backs couldn't. Exactly. I mean, he got stacked at the line of scrimmage, and then all of a sudden you see him fly through the pile out the other side for a six-yard game. I mean, there's something very special about Paris Jones. I'm telling you right now, the way that team played in the second half compared to the first half,
1: bravo. Absolutely, man. And I wrote down the stat. At 8.06 in the third quarter, Paris Jones had five carries for 102 yards. So we were seven minutes yep. into the quarter. I mean,
0: that's damn impressive. Hey. And you can say, well, it was different offenses or something like that. But they brought the other running backs in, and they still kept the other two running backs in rotation. Neither one of them could do anything. No. It was the same struggle, the same struggle for yards, just barely doing anything. And every time Paris Jones came on the field, it was like a lightning bolt struck. I yeah. mean, just the whole team would become electrified. And it
1: was like a whole different team when he was out there. Absolutely, man. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you did. You did. I was just about to say, they just looked like they had just a fire. Lit in them for the time that he was out there. They just looked like he. It was just a totally different team. But when they got the older guys in there, it just looked like they were flat.
0: That's right. And I mean, I wonder if that's a little bit of okay. You got your third and fourth year guys there. They done been with Menin Hall so long mm-hmm. that they, they got that established them. They got some r- rough feelings. They're still wanting to do it the Bronco way instead of the Tony Elliott way. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But I noticed something also in the first half. Brennan Armstrong struggled a little bit in the passing game on the first half, but he had no rushing attack whatsoever, which makes it hard. That's part of what killed Virginia last year is they struggled with the rushing game. Mm-hmm. First half had to issue again. And I don't know how many times there was play-action passes where the defense did not key or bite any whatsoever on the run. Not at all. I mean, he had no respect for the rushing attack. You come out in the second half and it's the same defense on the field, same offensive line on the field, same players. Looked at all of them, all the same. After Paris Jones has a couple runs, all of a sudden these backups are doing play action passes. Defense is biting on them. Linebackers are bumping up. The defensive backs are already stepping forward on the play action play because they think there's a run coming. Made a lot of room in receiving it. I mean, the passing game came alive in the second half. Yeah. The rushing. Passing and rushing go hand in hand. It really does. If you can run the ball effectively, you got the game won. Because it's going to open up holes for your passing attack, and that's what happened in the second half. And I mean, they just they became on fire.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, just like you said, if you can wipe out the run and you can key solely on the pass, you ain't got nothing. Vice versa. If you squish out the pass but can't, you know, know, key on the run, you squish the run too. That's right. You can't move the ball.
0: That's exactly right. So, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Paris Jones out on Brennan Armstrong's off-field. Yes, sir. I would have loved to have seen that. I think it would have made a whole different story in that first half. you got to have the right players and the right combos. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, number two for Virginia – you have something very special.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, man. He's he's going to be he's going to make a big name for himself, I think.
0: Absolutely, he gets on the field this year. He'll be breakout. And if I was a betting man, I'd say you're looking at your potential number one running back coming into the fall.
1: If not, there's something wrong. I
0: agree. So, as much as I. Gave Virginia Hill and I gave Tony Elliott Hill for the first half. I have to also commend you mm-hmm. and congratulate you for the way you turned it around and your team performed and all the players. Congratulate all of them. Absolutely. For how they performed in the second half. Because, I mean, the first half, I was, I said, man, this is going to be a bottom feeder of yeah. ACC this year. This is going to be awful. Absolutely. this is going to be horrendous. And then in the second half, I said, okay, I stand corrected. I will eat my words. This could still be a very effective team. And if Tony Elliott and the guys can figure out a way to put that performance together for a whole game, I think Virginia could still be a contender in the ACC. I don't know. If there'll be quite a championship contender first year, I don't think they're at that level. There's just a little too much new chemistry and everything else. But they will be a force to be reckoned with. They'll be in the top three. If the consistency top three in their division. In their division. Okay.
1: They'll be in the top three in their division. Now that all depends on if the chemistry holds together, if the right players get the ball. You know, it's all going to depend. I mean, if we see the first half, Cavaliers, (laughs) you're going to be down there with Duke.
0: I don't know, Duke. I've I've been been looking a little bit at Duke.
1: I'm (laughs) tired right now.
0: I'm kind of looking forward to going over that episode. You said who? Who? Duke. Who?
1: The Boo Devils. The Boo Devils. But if the second half, Cavaliers pull up. Oh, you got something special on your hands. You got
0: you got a lot to work with. Yes, sir. So and that is a good thing if you're a Virginia fan that something to be excited about. If you got a coaching staff that can go in that second half and talk to these guys and that offensive line changed the way they played. Cause the blocking they showed in the second half was outstanding. Yeah. And they had a lot more fire. They played with a lot more intensity, there was a lot more speed, a lot more aggressiveness. A lot more hunger. Yes, 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 absolutely. So I don't know what he did, but in that locker room there was a fire lit under their asses because that team in the second half was very impressive. And Tony Elliott, you're going to have to work on your words, man. You're going to have to (laughs) work on how you say things and all that. You're going to have to work on the way you get a team to come out and start the game. Cause you can't play only two. There's four quarters of the football game. You can't show up for two of
1: them. Absolutely, man.
0: You got to be there for all four.
1: Absolutely, man. You know, like I said, if you can get four quarters out of the two quarters that we saw, oh, you, you, you're going to have an outstanding year. Your president is going to feel like the smartest man in the world, but if we get four quarters or three quarters of the first half, They're going to feel like the dumbest person in the world.
0: Well, I mean, if you get two quarters, all it takes is two bad cores. I mean, ask Georgia Tech. (laughs) You got to get a team to play full quarters. Yep. But with all that being said, man, I think think I'm good on this one.
1: I think I'm good on it, man. I think we covered all our bases. You know, I'm really excited to get on to the next and, you know, look at some Virginia Tech film Look at some Duke film Look at just Just some more film man Ready to get this mother going
0: Oh yeah absolutely I'm excited We're going to be uh, Going back two episodes a week We've been slacking A little bit lately We understand We know Had a lot going on But We're going to get back To two episodes a week Start cranking this material Out to y'all Study hard on the film Get as much as we can For you To prepare you for the season Let you know Where these teams stand And right now Virginia I got a little tail of two teams, so it's all going to depend on if we can put this magic together for a whole game.
1: Absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you again for, for tuning in and hanging out with us on this Friday the 13th. All i got to say is, you know, keep the drinks cold, and you know, we'll see you all next time. And screw you, Jason Gordes.
0: Damn right. Keep the drinks cold. Keep chains moving. Peace out, y'all.